Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Sada City Happy Hour Tastings. Thank you for being here with us, and thank you for riding with us throughout the season. It has been great to hang out with our good friend Sam Corbet each and every week throughout the season, even after he's just had a 10-year anniversary party. He is nice enough to get on camera and to, to crawl towards the edge of the home bar and sit here and enjoy a beer with me. Uh, let's pour what we have in front of us, Sam. And as we're pouring, we'll get to what we actually have in front of us in just a second. I just want you to tell me how great the night was. I just want you to tell me what it was like at the Only Cafe and uh, and everything that went on with the 10-year anniversary. Beach, Beach, Beach came out. I saw lots of great pictures. Uh, how great was the experience for you? It was pretty fantastic. It was, you know, it, going back to the place where it all started 10 years ago for us at uh, the Only Cafe. That's where we served our first pint on uh, Friday, November 18th, 2011. And, you know, getting to see everybody that we've you know become friends with over the last 10 years and it actually felt like a normal night like i think it was the first time i'd been to a bar in the last <laughs> few years and like i had like you know we've been out and you sit at a table and it's all been very you know sort of sequestered off into different areas this was very much everyone was there and it felt it felt good to and normal to be you know, seeing everybody again. It was great. And a wonderful turnout in terms of like the raffle went well, we raised a couple hundred dollars for JRF and everybody left happy. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. I saw the tweet that you sent out uh, from at Sawdust City Beer, where people can follow you guys on social media that said, you know, brought it damn near brought a tear to rise, something like that. And it felt pretty normal. And I just thought you and I have been talking so much over the last essentially, you know, eight months or so about what normalcy will mean again. And, and I've actually been thinking about this a little bit lately because, um, you know, looking at the end of the football season and then looking at the combines coming up for the Canadian Football League in the spring and the Vanier Cup is in a couple of weeks and, and starting to look at some of these events. And I always thought that normalcy would be a punch in the face. Like I always thought that it would, I would be like, bang, we're back. Oh, wow. And what I'm starting to feel, and I'm wondering how you feel about this after the event that you just had, is that it's not really like a snap your fingers, we're back. It's more of a, it kind of sneaks up on you. And then all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, oh man, this feels normal. Because that's that's kind of where I'm at with CFL football right now is it's it's been this slow grind and wave. And I'm starting to look around and go, oh, I think this is what normal is supposed to feel like, which I thought that it was just going to be like, wow, I can't believe it's normal again. But it's very slow getting back to there. Yeah, well, we got, it, it was, it took a bit, you know, getting there last night and, and looking around people like there was like, do we take our masks up? How do we do this? What's this, what's the protocol? And, you know, once everybody settled in, it was like, you know, at normal night at a bar and you're right. It's taken the better part of the last couple of months to get there. But now that we're here, it's, it, it does feel good. And, uh, you know, I was the first time I'd been back to the only in a couple of years. Nice. Well, besides COVID, like Toronto's still two hours away for us. So, it's a it's it's one of the OG beer bars in the city. They've been around for over thirty years. Um, they're still doing all the right things. Like you go in there, it's got there's two sides to the only, and the one side is like the dark, dank, wonderful old daytime bar that you want to belly up to the bar and just kind of hang out. And the other side's much more open and bright and airy, and they got a patio. But it's a great place to have a, a pint of beer, and um, we're so lucky to have you know uh, places like that that still support and want to do these events it's, it was great 
Yeah, I think I saw one of those pictures of the uh, the dark, dank uh, belly up to the bar. Somebody <clears throat> sent a photo out of an empty beer that they just drank, I think, from there. And I went, yeah, that, that looks like the type of place that you would just want to cozy up and, uh, and enjoy a pint or two down there. But that's fantastic. I'm glad that you had a great night. Do we know who won the Argos tickets, courtesy of the uh, CFL yeah. and CFP? Uh, we got uh, my friend Ian McNaughton won. I said nice. it by. He was, he's super excited. He was planning on going to the game anyway, so it all worked out for him. And uh, uh, Aaron Spinney, actually the brewer at Merritt, won the other five. Nice. So you got, got a Hamilton guy and a Toronto guy heading. So they're uh, both pretty excited about it. And a good chance, I think, that Hamilton will be playing in that game against Toronto. We will see as the uh, the CFL playoffs. Still, it's crazy that we're headed in right now to the final week of the regular season. And we know Toronto's hosting that game on December 5th. We know the Great Cup is the following Sunday, December 12th. It's the East semifinal. We don't even know who's hosting it as of yet. Like, it still has to be determined. Is it Hamilton or is it Montreal? Is the game going to be in Quebec or in Ontario? It comes down to the final week of the regular season. And I laughed. I saw somebody the other day tweet, I can't believe these football teams will play. In a normal year, they'll play 18 games over 21 weeks. This year, it's 14 games over 16 weeks. And it always comes down to the last couple of weeks to figure out who's playing who and when and where. I'm like, that's that might be part of the magic of football is the parody and the uh, the tiebreakers and all of the. There, were, I talked to Steve Daniel, who's the head CFL statistician, Sam, last week, and he said there are 32 scenarios on how this is going to shake out in terms of who's playing who and where they're playing. And he said, and there is one in which there's a three-way tie for first. Now, thankfully, Toronto ended up beating Hamilton and that got rid of the three-way tie scenario and all the rest. But I was like, man, how is that possible? You can end up with a three-way tie after that much football with all those teams playing that way. But uh, today in front of us, we have a very special, another from Sam's vault collection. This is the Limberlost Naked Farmhouse Ale, 5.2% ABV. Again, beautiful with the owl on the front of there. Uh, But you mentioned just before we came on, Sam, that this is a bit of a punch in the face, and I would agree. Uh, what am I getting here in Limberlost? It's delicious, but did, boy, does it ever wake you up. This is not a bad beer for you to have the morning after an event. It's a good palate cleanser. It's very acidic, very sour. Uh, this is actually a beer that we made using a yeast that we harvested from the forest, the Limberlost Forest, which is about 40 minutes north of here. Uh, wow. uh, we went out, I think, early June, and we set up a uh, a little fermenter outside and we basically just let the forest inoculate the beer then we put it back in a barrel and let it ferment and then uh we have limbo lost here so this is a wild ferment um typically that would be called like traditionally it's a lambic where you're basically just letting nature uh do the work uh in belgium what they would do is they have like these cool ships on top they'd open the windows and they would allow the you know the natural air to come in the microbes to come in and start inoculating the wort, and then they would ferment it and blend it over time. Uh, So we sort of took our own bastardized version of that and came (laughs) up with this. And we've been doing it since, uh, like, this would have been, I think, the third iteration. We did a strawberry rhubarb, a red currant, a blueberry. Uh, This is the year we wanted to do just, like, we called it naked because we didn't do anything to it. This was just straight. Because we really thought, like, it has a nice lemony character. It's very, it's kind of, like, very tart, but still drinkable. And uh, that this was packaged, I think. I think this one was 2018. I, can, I it's been a while. I can't remember, but it's been a number of years. So it's actually just been uh, 
kind of it's actually calmer now than it was than i remember it, it really super super sour <laughs> uh, it, it is delicious and it's uh i'm so intrigued by the outdoor process like is is there much else that you have done where you've utilized something like that I, there's two parts i love about it one is i'm like you i just love the outdoors and i love using local outdoors to your advantage being where you live yeah so this started as a prog it actually began we were for we were playing we were actually making a beer with johnny faye from the tragedy we get for an event and we were going to go forage for wood sorrel and pine tips there's it didn't really neither of those worked out but when we were doing it uh the day before we were headed out to limberlost to do it uh I reached out to the guys at the escarpment uh, yeast labs in Guelph. They were at the time, a new company just starting. They've been around now for a number of years and they're, they make great products. Uh, but they came out and they started swabbing stuff and collecting yeast samples because they thought, why not? We're foraging for physical products. Why not forage for, you know, yeast, which is everywhere. And they wanted to see if they could get a, uh, a usable local yeast that, that could be reproduced and sold. Uh, we did get a strain and the first time that we did it, actually, we used, uh, they grew the pitch up in their labs and we pitched it. And at that particular strain wasn't alcohol tolerant past 4.5%. So it actually, it got to 4.5 and then stopped. Hmm. It wasn't usable, but uh, we ended up finishing it with a, another strain to make it get down to a, a drinkable product. The next year we did this Lambic style, but they came out with it again. So it kind of all started organically and then it grew into this. And now we have, we've seeded these barrels in the basement of sawdust with this Limberlost yeast. So all we do now is we just put the beer in the barrels and let it ferment because it's in, it's, it goes into the wood and it's into the fibers. So now that's how it works. And uh, we come up with one every year. Uh, last year we did uh, uh, more of a brown version. We called it Brun and we had a, lemon zest version as well which is the blonde one which we, we're doing more blending now than just the straight like this because right. it makes it more palatable but it's been a fun process and it's completely new stuff to us like it it's always just a project every year i never would have guessed that that is a process that you could undertake uh and and to to imagine I, not even really dreaming that up, but being able to execute that is wild to me where you're just like, you know what, let's do this and do it outdoors and do it locally and then throw it in and see where things go from. And, and like when you say that the first strain hit 4.5% and just was not tolerant after that, like what does it mean for it to just stop at 4.5? Well, like the, all the, there's, there's yeast everywhere. It's all in the air. Some yeast can ferment alcohol. Some can't like it all, whatever that yeast can metabolize and create CO2 and alcohol, like, there's strain, like not all strains are equal and not all yeast is the same. So we, they had to find one that was, so they did like 45 tests. They did a bunch of like slants and stuff and tested it all. And that was the one that made a good beer, but it didn't get past that. It would just stop. It couldn't metabolize. The alcohol would kill it and the environment became too harsh for it to continue to, to metabolize the sugar. So, I mean, you can do this, but to get a drinkable product is very can be very touch and go you don't know what you're going to get and, it, and, and we didn't but now that we know that we have this usable product by putting it in a barrel it makes it a lot easier because we know what to expect um those first couple of years it's like this could be hot garbage and we had no idea <laughs> so it was it was good and uh you know what we would also kind of make a, a weekend of it the guys at limberlost would give us a cabin so 
all the brewers and we invite some people to come up and we just have like this big party. We bring a bunch of beers and then set the, you know, the, the wort up. And then while it was overnight, like getting for, you know, inoculated, we would just sit on the beach and have like a barbecue and play Frisbee and drink a bunch of beers. And it was great. Actually one year, Chris Nettle Smith from the CBC show, uh, fridge light came out and he did a piece on it for his, his uh, podcast. And that was pretty awesome. So it's been it's been a fun project. It also, if you watch Netflix, we're on the program called uh, Restaurants on the Edge. Oh yeah. So there's there's an episode where they come up to Gravenhurst and they the, they're at this they're at Sawdust and we actually drink some of this on the on the program. So it is on Netflix. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Just hearing you say Netflix just reminded me as well of. Uh... Oh, it's not forged in fire. That's like the History Channel show on making weapons and stuff. But uh, there's a show on uh, glass blowing. I think Blown Away is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, and it was filmed in an old Hamilton factory that they converted into being uh, accessible to use with 12 glass blowers in one large area. And I got addicted to that show. And I was probably in season two before I looked it up on Wikipedia and I saw. Oh, this was made down the street from me. Like this is actually kind of local the way that they're doing this, but it was a, it was a custom outfit that Netflix just because they throw money at everything. They're like, "We got an idea for a show. Find an old factory, convert it into whatever we need and let's film the damn thing and uh, and see if we can give people uh some prize money for making some great creation." It's some of that stuff's pretty addictive watching some of those crafted shows and whatnot, so. Oh yeah, it's great. And you know, they they came up here and they did they the restaurant, unfortunately, is no longer in existence. It actually closed the day that it launched on Netflix, which is like oh, the, no. the irony. But uh, we're still around. And they also they, 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 they end up going and talking to other local artisans throughout the show. Um, you can check it out. It's actually it's a pretty well-made show. And they go around the world and they stop at places like, yeah, yeah it's restaurants like where they're on the edge of water or the edge of the world. So the rest of this restaurant um, was right on the shores of Lake Muskoka and just down the road from us. So it was pretty cool. And it was great to see, you know, for them to highlight Gravenhurst and Muskoka area on this, you know, web show. It was great. That's fantastic. Uh, as is Limberlost again, you can check it out. Uh, looking forward to seeing what future creations out of the Limberlost family end up coming from Sawdust City Beer. Follow them on social media at Sawdust City Beer. And of course, visit their website, Sawdust City Beer, and get yourself some orders. I think what I need to do is get Sam to film a quick video for us going into the playoffs of his top three tailgating tips as the uh, the playoffs begin oh, to, to ramp up in the CFL. The Sawdust City tailgating tips stay tuned to our social channels we'll have that for you maybe coming up in the next week or so here before we get to the east final in hamilton montreal that's it we'll find out thanks everybody for following along as always at cf perspective and thanks to sam uh for having fun with us here on our sawdust city happy hour tastings talk to you next week sam cheers marcia see ya